Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Someone earlier said, and I hate to think this because I love America. I'm an American and, and, and love America and love this country. And I think it's a great country. But they said we're the freest country in the world. Uh, I think it was Miss Foster. Well, right now, Canada's the freest country in the world. And there are a few other countries along with Canada that are more free than America. When we've cut women away from having the opportunity to get uh, their families and their bodies to be their choices. Unless, of course, you want to engage gun rights, unless, of course, you want to be able to drive your truck where you want to, unless, of course, you want to engage in a conversation with your government, and then Canada, not so free. But that's KF Steve right there. Steve Cohen, congressman from Tennessee. Just a... Just a God's gift to dopiness. Now, I would argue that the United States should be more free. We should have less regulation, less laws, more following the Constitution. We'd all be better off. But let's not get into this idea that Canada is the freest country in the world. You know how I know the United States is better? Because Steak and Shake is going to put in a $3 million rooftop tavern next to the Gamebridge Fieldhouse. That's how I know. Tony Katz, Tony Katz, today it's a cold, everybody. That's all I got. Just a cold. Playing with the voice, screwing with it. Uh, according to producer Ari, it's very sexy. Is that what Acor- I said? Yeah, that, that is what you said. According to producer Ari, my voice is like, oh man, the ladies are going to love that. And they're not just going to love it sometime, they're going to love it. I can do this all day, all day, son. So yeah, it's, it's pretty good. You it's might have a problem with it, it as well. It is keeping me from from talking the way I normally uh, talk, and I apologize for that. It's not your radio. Uh, Biglari, who owns uh, Steak and Shake, and there have been certainly problems since he has purchased it. He owns the the building there at 101 South Pennsylvania Street. And so if you take that building where, you know, the big Steak and Shake building downtown, and you've got the building next door where the Pacers paint their schedule on it every year, which I always thought was pretty cool, on top of that smaller building, but connected to the larger building, they are going to build an entire restaurant, what they're calling a speakeasy-style bar. They're going to remove a greenhouse that's already there on a building that is known as the Nuts and Grosskopf building. Hey, phrase it! Thank you. Uh, they'll have an elevated structure which will house part of the bar. It's like a 1,300-square-foot addition, glass and metal. It's going to connect to the other building. I think that's cool as hell. I think that is a fun little look. Unfortunately, no outside patio, which would be very groovy. If you could be outside overlooking the crowd going into a game or into a concert, that'd be pretty cool. I I think that'd be a lot of fun. But it's a great example of just little bits of very cool growth going on downtown. Now, as a as a uh, advertising play, I think it's I think it's just massive. It's going to be this giant steak and shake advertising right next to to the field house. Makes perfect sense. But it's got a little bit of style. That's why I dig it. We need more style. You know, one of the problems when you take a look at uh, Carmel. 
I live in Carmel, and I make fun of Carmel because why not? But what they've done here is absolutely amazing. The the businesses they've attracted, the growth they've created, the sense of you want to be here. I know other places are like, you can have it, but Carmel isn't worried about that. You you understand that Greenwood, I love you, Boo Bear. Carmel doesn't give a you-know-what about you at all. You think Carmel cares what Avon thinks about Carmel? Carmel does not care. Carmel doesn't care about fishers. Carmel doesn't care about no one. And I appreciate that to an extent, because I would also argue that I don't know the extent to which Avon cares about Carmel, except for it's fun to hate Carmel. They've built something very, very special. They have been able to bring in Fortune 500 companies and, and, and headquarters. Matters a, a great deal. The problem is they have built a city that's not super attractive. And when I say that, I mean that if you were to take a look at the the midtown and downtown corridors, it is very homogenous. It's the same coloring, it's the same style, it's the same, what I consider to be unattractive colors. Where's a little bit of, of character, a little bit of kitsch? Zionsville, has a downtown with some kitsch. They do. It's a downtown that you want to walk. Even with their uh, new construction, Fishers has managed to create some kitsch, some fun. You could use a little bit more of it. They don't have that in Carmel. I wish they did. The last thing in the world you should want is to have this homogenized kind of city. You know, you can say to me that people want that suburban dream. It isn't necessarily the case. What they want are amenities. They will gladly, gladly take both. And they actually search out both. If you were to take a look, and one of my biggest fears is, for example, in Carmel, what they've done to Rangeline. First, bringing it down to one lane of traffic in each direction. That's ridiculous. Well, we have to have a bike lane. No, you don't. I'm not anti-bike. Roads are for cars. But it's better for the environment. I'm not interested in your radical agendas. I'm interested in getting from point A to point B. And all the businesses you then place in Midtown and Downtown want people to get there as well. And they're not taking scooters and they're not taking bikes. You want to tell me that the vast majority of people are really walking the Monon to get to those restaurants? Stop it. They need to drive. And you don't want to lessen that opportunity. It's a mistake. And Carmel's been making this mistake for a good long while. And every time they shut down major thoroughfares, like Rangeline, they engage in this mistake. Now, Carmel has an answer for that. And their answer is, and and I'm quoting here, Carmel is a city that built a hotel that nobody asked for. They built the Hotel Carmichael. The Hotel Carmichael went $20 million over budget. I talked about it here. $20 million over budget. And you know what Carmel said? They didn't care. 
well, you know, uh, uh, cost of material. Cost of material. And, and what, what are you going to do? $20 million over budget. No one got fired. That's really stunning. That is a, a stunning thing to witness. Now, I'm one of the people who worries that one day, Carmel, the bill will come due. And I have had people say to me, you don't actually have to worry. The tax base is there. We keep building. The money keeps coming in. The bills get paid. As someone uh, uh, who, who knows uh, that world a little bit better than I do said to me, you know what you got to worry about? A tornado. I said, well, okay, I'll add that to the list. They said, no, a tornado comes through downtown, wipes out 15, 20 businesses, then you got a problem. It did not assuage my fears at all. Nor does it uh, do anything for the fact that they are building a city that clearly isn't about creating the most user-friendly experience. It's about creating the most woke experience. I don't want everything to look the same. I think that's why people like Irvington. I don't want to have just one lane. I want cars to be able to drive and get to the places that they're going. That's valuable. Valuable for those businesses, for sure. But certainly, you can't deny that they've built something that people want to be a part of. I only argue that we, we, we could have also made it beautiful. <laughs> it's pretty. It's not beautiful. A little bit of kitsch, a little bit of style, a little bit of creation. This is one of the reasons I like downtown Indianapolis so much. I actually think it has fantastic architecture. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you don't, you're not going downtown like you used to. But have you ever looked up? You're walking from one place to another. You're walking in front of you. You're looking at your feet. Stop. Look up. There is some great architecture in downtown Indianapolis. These are some beautiful, beautiful buildings. And they should be appreciated. And the last thing we should do is being building everything to look the same. We should take the buildings that we have, really enjoy them, get them filled with tenants, and then support cool creation like this. Cool, fun stuff. Because this is cool, fun stuff. This is what people want. People don't want to be told they're not allowed to protect and defend themselves like they are in Canada. They, want to be, they don't want to be told they're not allowed to gather like they are in Canada. They want to be free. And they want to live free. And any time an elected official says to me, America is not the freest country in the world, then it's time to fire that elected official and get someone in who will do the work to ensure that it is. Even with losing my voice, I still sound better than KF Steve. I'm Tony Katz. I guess I was away. I was on the on the Vegas trip when um, I learned that, uh, or I guess it happened then. I didn't realize that Pete Buttigieg moved to Michigan. He he moved his family to Michigan. I don't know why. Oh wait, because he has plans to run for president, and that's better. 
They said it was because uh, his his uh, Chaston's parents are there, so they can help raise the kids. Oh. That's, that's the line they're going with. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say I'm not so much a, a buyer. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? That's producer Ari right there. Hey, look, man. You're allowed to live wherever it is you you want to live. Um, it's, uh, it's a strange, strange push to say, I'm going to move to Michigan. When Indiana's the, you know, you can argue the state that made you. But okay. Hey, your, your life, man. I don't know if I'm staying in Indiana for forever. I mean, it's been a question. I actually see it. I see, I see my, my Indiana home being uh, central command for everything I do. Doesn't mean I won't take vacations. Doesn't mean I won't go visit places. Doesn't mean I won't spend extended time in some places. Me, if I'm spending extended time, it's it's Sedona. I'm a mountains guy, which is weird that I love it here so much, but I'm a mountains dude. Not even a question. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then some. Love Sedona. I don't know if I'd buy a place in Sedona. I think that's a... I remember, I still make radio money. If I made TV money, it'd be a whole different thing. But when you make radio money... But it, you know what? It might be good for the allergy. It might be good for the throat producer, Ari. Spend some time in, in, in Arizona, dry everything out. Couldn't hurt. Could not hurt at all. But one of the reasons I'm not moving to Michigan is Michael Moore is there. Michael Moore is an unserious man. We're talking about the, uh, the, 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 the filmmaker, the documentarian, a guy who believes that Cuba is, is better than the United States, a guy who is a, a radical uh, communist. I, I must admit, I'm not somebody who watches his movies on the regular. But he has put forth a very, very interesting proposal. When I say interesting, I mean silly. The 28th Amendment, my proposal writes more, to repeal and replace the Second Amendment. So he wrote one. I share it with you now. Section 1. The inalienable right of a free people to be kept safe from gun violence and the fear thereof must not be infringed and shall be protected by the Congress and the states. This amendment thus repeals and replaces the Second Amendment. That's a that's a stretch. Congress shall create a mandatory system of firearm registration and licensing for the following limited purposes. A. License hunters of game. B. License ranges for the sport of target shooting. And C. For the few who can demonstrate a special need for personal protection. It's always great when the progressives, the, the communists, let you know that they don't believe in your rights. For the few who can demonstrate a special need for personal protection, you should not have a right to keep and bear arms. You should not have a right to protect yourself. He continues, all who seek a firearm will undergo a strict vetting process with a thorough background check 
including the written and confidential approval of family members, spouses, and ex-spouses, and or partners and ex-partners, co-workers and neighbors. A mental health check will also be required. There will be a waiting period of one month to complete the full background check. Your ex-girlfriend, your, your, your ex-husband, gets to decide whether you can protect yourself from them if they're the violent ones? Come on, you know it's parody. You know these are children. What's the difference between this and the childlike behavior and antics of, of a representative Ocasio-Cortez and, and the Green New Deal? They are children. All navel gazers. All focused on themselves and they don't care about anybody else. And it's okay if you don't have rights. It's okay if you know you aren't able to do what they don't like because they don't like it and that's what matters most. This isn't about loving people. This is about hating people. Michael Moore hates you. Michael Moore wants you to suffer. Michael Moore wants you to be in pain. And Michael Moore wants dominion over you. Power over you. He knows best and you are his bitch. I mean, he wrote it down. He wrote it down. This is, it it goes on and on about regulating ammunition, the storage of guns and, and and everything else. Congress may create future restrictions and this amendment specifically does not grant any American the right to own any weapon. Cars are weapons, knives are weapons, chairs are weapons, buses are weapons, Uh, pick something, a shovel is a weapon, a sledgehammer is a weapon, just ask Kathy Bates in misery. They never stop, they never rest, they never quit. Ever, ever, ever. I thought it was great that this was a serious, serious point of view. That he had, and you know that there are progressives who who are down for this. You look at the comments. Remove licensed hunters of game and I'll vote for it. We don't need to abuse and shoot wildlife, but need to protect it. Should we talk about all the places where hunters keep down population of deer or wolves to the betterment of the society? Oh, good Lord. They're so proud of their ignorance. And it is ignorance. And always remember that what it really is is hate. They love them. They hate you. They hate you. And they want to have control over you. Every day. So uh, I, I think we should not allow that. This is Tony Katz Today. So are you saying more spending is the answer? I'm saying more investment is the answer. More investment, well, investment in production. Well, investment is spending, right? And that might or might not be the solution, but well, their spending di- efforts have not really helped this. It's actually worse so, than that, right? That is one of Biden's advisors. On with Neil Cavuto. The second advisor to push this idea that the answer is we need to invest. See, spending, that would be bad. That would be Keynesian. But investing, that's smart. And if we invest properly by spending money, everything with the economy will get better. 
No one, of course, believes this. It's like hearing that the inflation rate is 9.1%, but the White House wants to tell us, no, 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 no. It's no big deal. It's not, uh, it's backwards looking. It's not forward looking and everything is fine. Now, it may be backward looking and not forward looking, but I don't think everything is fine. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's a cold, baby. That's what's up with the voice. Your radio is fine. It'll, it'll go away. It'll go away and all will be right with the world. I am drinking a mix of, of Diet Coke, tea, and bourbon. Not all at the same time. Everything's going to be all right. Dr. Matt Will joins us right now, economist at the University of Indianapolis. You can find him on Twitter, Dr. Matt Will, W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will, on Twitter. Just got back uh, from Europe, which we will get into because he saw some interesting things there. Inflation hitting 9.1% in June. People trying to make uh, the, this is different than where the core inflation price is. But give us the core inflation versus the overall and your take on what it means. Well, Tony, you know, we're talking about the 9.1% for 12 months, but that's big news. But you know what would be huge news if it weren't already in dire straits is that the the producer price index came out today, which was 11.3% for 12 months. So the producers, the wholesalers, the people that are selling our stuff to us, their inflation is even higher. And you know, when the president talks about the future looks bright, that's totally wrong, Tony, because these producers are going to have to pass those costs along to us. We said it, you and I, on the air for the last three months that those PPI indexes were going to translate into CPI numbers, and they did. The PPI today, 11.3, is going to translate into more inflation for you and I next month. And I can't believe this administration continues to lie to us about what the future looks like. They continue to move down the road that things are good. It was uh, the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, just uh, less than a month ago saying that we're the, the economy is the strongest that we've seen it. But for the people who engage the idea that this is backward-looking and not forward-looking, and you have gas prices that are down 40 cents a gallon, even though they're well over 450 a gallon uh, nationally, uh, is there an argument to be made there at all? No, Tony. There's, there's, there's not an argument to be made there. Things fluctuate, and you can't look at the ups and the downs. It goes up and down month to month, day to day. But you have to look at the long-term trend, and the long-term trend has been up since they said it was transitory a year, a year ago. And this, this, I got to comment on this clip you played. That was a fantastic clip that you played because one of the things that I get upset about every day is the fact that Bill Clinton invented this phrase that government spending is investing. And the Democrats have latched on to that, and it's very annoying because it is not investing. Investing is when you get more back than you put in. That never happens with government spending. There is no investment going on here. That's totally bogus. And the proposal that the, the person, again, in, in the interview that you played from Neil Cavoto, Cavoto said their budget, their proposed budget is 50% higher than Trump's pre-COVID budget. You've got to throw out the last two years. Trump spent like a drunken sailor. Biden spent like a drunken sailor. So you've got to pair two, compare 2019. $4 trillion def, uh, spending by Trump, $6 trillion proposed by Biden. Tony, that's a 50% increase in spending. That's causing the inflation. And we should be clear that there's more than one person discussing this idea of investing. Let me play this for you. This is Brian Deese, a National Economic Council director, same person who talked about a liberal uh, world order, speaking to CNBC. 
Well, well look, uh, you know, a couple of points on today's report, as you just said. The first is, you know, it's backward looking and it doesn't reflect what we've seen over the last 30 days, which is a significant decline in gas prices down about 40 cents. Uh, that June report, about half of it was driven by energy prices and we've seen uh, moderation since. But the second point is that in the core, inflation uh, remains too high, which is why we need action. And I just want to underscore, if there's one thing to take away from this report, it's that there is more urgency now than ever in Congress moving to pass a bill to try to build more domestic semiconductors, to try to bring down the price of those uh, goods. You see across this report, things like used cars and new vehicles, those prices holding up, that is not principally driven by demand. It's driven by supply and constrained supply. We know how to solve that. We should have solved that months ago, but we now have a moment. We need to do that. If there's any takeaway from this report, it should be that. Now, I don't know how they would have solved it months ago and they aren't able to do it now, sir, talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist at the University of Indianapolis, but he got very specific about an investment in, 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 in semiconductors. Is that the role of government? Okay. First of all, the government doesn't invest in anything. What they do is they provide an environment that makes it conducive for private companies to invest. The the government doesn't have a semiconductor factory, Tony, but he was lying to us again, Tony, because he said he wants to make the supply problem easier by encouraging business. Let me just tell you what's in their new budget. This is how they're encouraging business. They have higher taxes on people, higher taxes on corporations, a global minimum tax on corporations. They reinstitute the death tax. They want to expand the NIIT, which, uh, which taxes people multiple times along the production process. They want to make a mandatory international in minimum tax for businesses. They want to create new minimum taxes for individuals, small businesses, and corporations. Tony, this is how they're encouraging the supply in the private industry of our economy. Does anybody in their right mind think that's going to increase the supply by adding all those new taxes to corporations and people? Before I, I continue down this road, let me take a quick side road. Amazon had Prime Day over the last couple of days. I, I don't think I purchased anything. Uh, Prime, Prime Day. I don't, I, no, no, we did. We purchased one thing. They are making the claim that July 12th, July 13th, they sold more than 300 million items. If they're selling 300 million items, exactly how bad is the supply chain issue? Well, you know what? Be careful because Amazon's the big dog and their numbers are skewed and that was two days. But let me give you the real data from last week, the Institute for Supply Management. For the first time, the first time since our V recovery coming out of the, uh, the pandemic, for the first time, manufacturing new orders contracted. So that tells us, Tony, we're probably in a recession. And so when the president says we're looking to the future, according to the real time today data, new orders are contracting for the first time since the pandemic recovery, Tony. So the future doesn't look bright, and the the Amazon number is an anomaly unique to Amazon. It's not reflecting the total economy. Inventories are down. Backlogs of orders are down. Producer prices are still up. I mean, I could go down the list that the report that came out last week of real time tells us things don't look good. Well, let's go to this. Uh, you have one of the Federal Reserve governors, Christopher Waller, saying that he's willing to consider you know, he's fine with a 75 basis point hike, three quarters of a percent. He's willing to look at higher. The Fed is looking at a 1% interest rate increase this month. So they clearly are telling you, and they've been hinting at this, and Powell's been hinting at this, that they are yet, in, they're not near a place where they're able to uh, fight inflation. 
They expect it to keep on going. So uh, to your point, uh, that to see uh, this downturn in, in, in orders mixed with numbers like this only leads to a bad future and that the people already talking about recession have a lot more uh, data to, de- to work with on their side than the Biden administration's saying everything's fine. In fact, Tony, I got to tell give the Fed credit. They're too late to the party, okay? They should have shown up about nine months ago. We talked about this. But they're now doing the right thing. They are doing the right thing by looking at significant increases. But they're fighting the other side of the federal government. And let's look at private industry, Tony. J.P. Morgan announced today that they're going to set aside half a billion dollars to write off potential loan losses because of an upcoming recession. One company, Tony, one company is anticipating half a billion dollars in loan losses. That's not uh, a good future. I don't know what the president's advisors are looking at. I don't know what crystal ball they have, but I think they got it upside down because everybody else looks into the future and doesn't look too good. So speaking of the future, there's also this idea of the disconnect of where we are, people who live in this world, and the people who are hired to do uh, the, the work, elected officials. You were in, I believe it was Italy, for, for, yeah. for a while, doing, doing some work there. And you texted me and said, I have a story to share. Go for it. Yeah, so I was in Florence, Italy, so people might accuse me of being a part of the Illuminati. I'll, I'll, I'll take blame for that. Good for you. So I was in Good Florence, for you. Italy last week, and there was a taxi strike. I couldn't get around. People couldn't get to the airport. People missed flights. They were stranded um, because there's kind of a, a union. Uh, we won't get into the pejorative phrase, but let's say it's a very organized taxi industry in uh, Italy. Nancy Pelosi was there at the same time I was. She, it was in the news. It was well known. She had a motorcade. She was driving, driving to private resorts. There were 2,200 cancellations of flights, Tony, over the holiday weekend, 23,000 flight delays. It didn't impact her because she has access to Air Force jets. Now, not the big jumbo. That's a, that's a misnomer. People thought she had like a 400-person, 200-person jet. She had a 12-seater, but she has a private jet. That apparently, she doesn't care about fuel prices. Apparently, she, she doesn't care about uh, taxi strikes in Italy because she gets around wherever she wants to go with private drivers. She has a fleet of people. I saw photos of her security staff, her entourage. She's going into private airports. Tony, how can the people tell us it's okay when they aren't impacted? She doesn't have flight delays. She's not paying for gasoline. She's not worried about taxi strikes. These are the people running the show, and they're telling us, don't worry, little peons. Everything is fine. Now, usually I'm the guy who talks like that. What they do is they, they tell you, yes, it's a taxi strike, but you know what? It's, it's, it's important because you, you're utilizing less of a carbon footprint, and then they pat you on the head and say, you'll thank us later. Uh, that that's what they do now some of these things especially when it comes to flights there are pilot shortages we need to get more people into the flying industry this is something that the administration should have been working on and, and other administrations should have been working on this is a problem i think that we could have seen a little bit coming on uh down the line the question for us is on the supply chain issues when does this end what level of of uh, raising interest rates puts the brakes on the inflationary pressure. And while we can't predict the future, as you often talk about, the one thing we can say, and I don't think I'm wrong in saying this, sir, is that if we continue spending in the way they describe it as investment, the interest rate has to keep going up because it has to match the spending that's going on out there. Tony, you're, you're 100% correct. It's those, that data is 100% correlated. But you made a very good point about their 
supply chain they claim it's going to be fixed. But here's how right your point is. They're wrong because if you look at the president's budget, ignore this insane amount of tax increases, which makes us it will make us the highest tax country in the world. Ignore all this spending, which is 50 percent higher than the pre-pandemic uh, Trump budget. What you see in this budget is significant regulation. If this, is, this is an environmentalist wish list. This is not going to increase these flow of goods in the supply chain, Tony. These regulations will slow it down. You read this budget and you will get scared about the fact that it will make the supply chain worse. Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, Dr. Matt Will, M-A-T-T-W-I-L-L, Dr. Matt Will on the Twitter box. It's always a pleasure, sir. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Saturday, people, Premier Arms in Brownsburg. I only hope you will be there. It's going to be such a good time. The world is nuts. We don't have to be. We're going to actually do some good, raise money for Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. It's going to be fantastic. They, they feed people who need, who need food. I mean, that's, that's what they do. It's, it's that simple. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So we're going to be at Premier Arms in Brownsburg Saturday from 3 to 7. So a food truck there. You can, you can buy lunch. We will have uh, beer. Uh, that has been donated by Noble Wine and Spirits. Greatly appreciate them on Connor Street in Noblesville. And then we're going to have cigars for purchase. You can get yourself the the uh, Christoph Pistoff, which is a, it's a fantastic smoke. It is. And and the Alec Bradley Magic Toast, another good smoke. And the Oliva V. Melania, which is works all weather, all the time. I super enjoy uh, that cigar. They're all there, available for purchase at Premier Arms. But what we're doing is raising money. You make a $100 donation or more, and you have a chance, you're eligible to win a prize pack. We've got gift cards to Premier Arms, gift cards to PA Jewelers. You know they have a jewelry store inside Premier Arms. Diamonds, uh, gemstones, gold, watches. Uh, they do a lot of estate buying, so they've got all this fantastic, fantastic one-of-a-kind pieces. If you actually want to sell jewelry, you can bring it on down. And 10% of every purchase goes to Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. It's going to be fantastic. So you can win those gift cards. And then we've got a a whole cigar pack that you can win with a humidor and cutter and lighter and and cigars that I'm going to hand curate. And then uh, there's an Olight package. you got to be more of a gun guy than me to even understand what that is. And then we have two Cox Arms USA custom weapons. Two $4,400 value. Now, you can actually uh, go to premierarms.com and learn more about it. We've got it up uh, at wibc.com. If you check my Facebook page or the Premier Arms Facebook page, you'll learn all about them. So very cool. It is, it's going to be spectacular. And so we've got the live Eat, Drink, Smoke show. And then we have a live Gun Guy show with Guy Relford. So myself and Fingers Malloy from Eat, Drink, Smoke, we will be out there. And then Guy Relford will be out there, and we're going to be smoking, and we're going to be talking, and we're going to be giving stuff away, and we're going to be raising money. That's what we should do. Let the world be crazy. We still have to help our neighbors. That's the way it's got to be. We got to help the people who need the help. Producer Ari, are are you coming? Are you, you, you're, oh, you're out of town. Yeah, I'm out of town. I'll be there in spirit. Producer Ari, that doesn't count. No, Okay. Producer Ari, you can actually uh, make your, your donation, 317-858-3030. Call up and say, I want to make my donation to Brownsburg Blessing Boxes. They'll do it right there over the phone. And if you want, if, you, if it's more than $100, you'll be entered. 
Super easy to do. Now, what I'm hoping is my voice is all right by the time I get there. Oh, this is brutal. It's br- it doesn't it doesn't hurt, right? It, it, so it, it's 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 not it's not a flu. I don't have any of those kinds of symptoms. It's it's a it's a congestion. It's a head congestion. It is what it is, and it's just right there in in the center of the head, into the nose, and you just feel it in the throat. It's just like this sucks, but. I'm uh, I'm 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 doing a lot of things. I've I've got uh, you know liquids, right? I'm I'm keeping everything uh, doing that. And I've I've got bourbon to have later. I'm not going to have it on the show, people. And bourbon doesn't. I don't know if it's actually medicinal, but it can't hurt. Damn it! So I'm doing it. And then, and then I'm eating uh, cake. And I don't know if cake does anything for your throat, but it, it. But I like cake, so I'm just doing that. And I'll see you at Premier Arms, 3754 South Green Street, on Saturday, 3 to 7 p.m., premierarms.com, 317-858-3030. Go make your donation. We'll see you then. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.